0: Today, on this episode of Going Deeper, we are going through our first round of the parables of Jesus in our Essential Readings of Jesus reading plan that we're going through right now. There's some really good ones and there's some really good conversations ahead. I know you're gonna enjoy it. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Marie Burns. I'm Doug and reed So join us as we go deeper. Well, we've got uh, a trio again. So here we are jumping into parables of Jesus. And we've got some interesting parables to read through and understand and dissect a little bit. It should be kind of interesting, huh? And, and, And just right off the bat, we know, Doug, Marie knows, They're parables, so they're not literal. Correct. (laughs) Did you know? Or maybe they are. Oh, maybe they are. Mm. (laughs) For those of you out there listening, wondering why I just said that, if you've not listened to previous episodes, if you're kind of just getting into this, one of Murray's famous original questions when we did our first E100 series was, okay, Doug, is it literal?
1: Yep. Started with <laughs> Genesis, ended with Revelation. That's
0: right. Mm-hmm. So, no, parables, not necessarily literal, but there are some good lessons we learned from them nonetheless. Murray?
1: Well, so my first Thought is: Are the parables? You all talked about it, sermons last week. Yes, we the did. The parables seem like different conversations. Mm-hmm. Jesus is maybe in a different environment when parables come up. Does that does that sound right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, he is different audience. Um, well,
0: and one of the things that I have often understood or thought about the parables is that maybe, like he, at least with some of them, he would talk about these things in kind of vague terms to the masses and then go into the inner circle people and kind of explain a little further. He,
2: he does that. And it's clear that um, even when he does that, a lot of times the disciples don't catch it. Mm-hmm. One of the disconcerting things about parables is what Jesus said about using them. He's, you know, they come to him and say, well, why do you speak in parables? And he answered, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given, the the masses or the crowds. But mm-hmm. he goes on, and he, he says, the reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. So he's teaching in a... Uh, what we would call an inductive way. He's not being very direct. He's Mm -hmm. coming um, in by a circuitous route. But he says, I'm doing this because they're not listening to me anyway.
1: Well, we hear a lot of you who has ears let let them them hear. hear. Mm -hmm. And I think the... The studying I've done on parables, the idea is that you're going to go away from that place and chew on it Mm -hmm. and roll it around in your mind. And and if you are willing to be open-minded enough to let it roll around in your head, then things might start to um, reveal themselves. Some of these parables, my understanding is, um, would have been recognized as a playoff of the Old Testament there were some parables in the Old Testament. One of the parables we did not read this week, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, came out of Matthew 21, and it was the parable of the the landowner. He buys the land, he puts people to work in it, and then he leaves and he sends somebody back to get
0: mm-hmm.
1: the uh, the crop and or the profits. And yeah. Yeah. anyway, by the time this is over, he sends his son and they kill him. And this was a play off of a uh, a parable they would have known from Isaiah, right?
2: Fifth chapter, yeah.
1: So that so that happens sometimes. Yes, mm-hmm. the connection to the Old Testament.
2: And some of these stories that Jesus used are extant in the culture of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Some of his parables are not original to mm-hmm. him, but he changes the meaning or he changes the direction mm-hmm. of the story. Mm-hmm. So. Um, while they may not be literal, they are true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And
1: they seem to fall into different categories, too.
2: They do. Um, I was going to give you all a 30-second diatribe on the history of interpretation of parables because uh, how do we read a parable? We jump in it. Mm-hmm. We make ourselves one of the characters okay. in the parable.
1: 30 seconds. And we're,
2: and we're usually the good guy or the good woman. <laughs> um, the early church saw parables as allegories. So mm-hmm. each element of the story had, had meaning. Um, and the church interpreted parables like that for nearly 1,500 years. And then mm-hmm. along came German rationalism. And the German rational says, you can have a parable with just one meaning. Just one meaning. (laughs) And after that one meaning, you can't have any other meanings. And the church says, well, okay, let's go that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we've come back to after going through those two phases is, is like Marie said, their stories, they're vague enough, so you have to walk away from them going, I wonder what that meant. And... There are multiple levels of meaning, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on the parable of the good Samaritan mm-hmm. to to show this. Um, when you get on an airplane and you're sitting there uh, next to somebody and you introduce you. You decide to have a conversation. You're one of those boundary violators on a plane that, <laughs> I was that say. talks to the introverts. Do not talk to me on an airplane. Um, as I've learned how to shut people up because they say, what do you do? That's a question. What's your name? What do you do? Uh huh. Right? Well, I tell them I'm a minister, and either they confess everything they've ever done because they're afraid of flying, or they shut up immediately. Either way, I've got a story. <clears throat> we are more comfortable asking, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're just, we're doers. So in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the lawyer stood up to test Jesus, teacher, what must I do Mm -hmm. to inherit eternal life? Okay, so it's a question about doing and Inheriting eternal life, and Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan. And we're all familiar with the story man falls among thieves, gets beat up. The Samaritan turns out to be the hero in the story because the Samaritan um, showed the man pity. Mm-hmm. Jesus said or Jesus has answered the question under the context of who's my neighbor? And the neighbor is, turns out to be the Samaritan. So he goes in, he, we were brought back to the lawyer, okay? Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer says, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Mm-hmm. And the word do is an aorist participle, which is, you know, it starts at a definitive point in time, and the the action of the verb goes out into eternity. Um, can you do that all the time? I don't know. So hmm. we've used the parable of the Good Samaritan as the basis of the church's mission emphasis. Mm-hmm. We're called to be Good Samaritans, right? Yeah. Is that what Jesus is calling us to? Turns out the story of the Good Samaritan is really a salvation story. Hmm. Okay.
0: You're going to have to
2: Well, you're gonna have to it, explain it, that one for okay. me. <laughs> well, what you're going to get to is a, a place where Jesus tells his disciples, you know— with human beings that's impossible mm-hmm. but with God, all things are impossible right. It's impossible it is impossible to live out good Samaritan behavior mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah well, you're not going to yeah. do it you're not I, I, I guarantee you there are people that are watching this podcast right now that this very day drove past somebody on the interstate whose car was broken down didn't give up didn't didn't even think about it just kept right mm-hmm. on going. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to live this out, if this is about being in mission and ministry and you're supposed to stop and help everybody, we in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. But if we make it a story about salvation, because Jesus said, you've given the right answer. You, you know that you should love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength, and you should love your neighbors yourself. And he said to him, that's the right answer. Do this and live. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny how
0: in in so many interactions, like this guy, and then you've got the rich young ruler mm. and another one. And he's like, Yeah, you got the right answer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But but apparently just having the right answer isn't sufficient.
2: Well, it is with the rich young ruler. <laughs> Let mm-hmm. me flip to the rich young ruler. Sorry, I I jumped ship on you. Okay. it's we not, read not even that in the reading. This week. Oh, it's the rich young ruler where Jesus finally answers the question because Jesus says, you know, it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples say, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with human beings, it's impossible. With God, all things are impossible. So all things are possible. So Jesus says that salvation is not something a human being can work for, that it comes as a gift of God and a gift of God's grace. So um, that's... Changes then how we view and how we interpret mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these parables. Well, and and
0: I like the you know that this emphasis that you put on the word do because it comes. We see it three times,
2: three times in
0: the parable. Because the the lawyer asks, "What do I do?" Mm-hmm. And then up the front, Jesus says, "Do this, and you will live." And at the end, go and do the same. Mm-hmm. And everything i've everything I understand about salvation is it's not something I do, but it's something i get
2: It's something you receive, but in our culture, we're a doing culture mm-hmm. we identify ourselves as not as human beings but as human doings, yeah, this is true and so Jesus. Is being countercultural even in the 21st century, which takes me back to yes, these parables have one meaning, but they have other layers when mm-hmm. you start peeling back. And um, you can be faithful in interpretation to that one meaning as long as you see the rest of the stuff there. And having said that, the problem with allegorical interpretation of parables is if you push the details of these parables too far, mm-hmm. they just blow up on you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They, well, yeah, they don't well, and and no analogy
0: is perfect. Eventually, it's going to fall apart if, if you take it right. too far,
1: so, I mean, we haven't even touched on the fact that the the hero of the story is the Samaritan Samaritan,
2: yeah uh, and yeah, so like, speak
1: to that. Real quick. And then that kind of leads me to another point. The the
2: people who are listening to the story, here's this good Jewish boy. He's been beaten up. Religious Judaism has passed him by. Mm -hmm. And here comes a Samaritan. And they're thinking... It's probably the Samaritans that beat him up in the first place, mm-hmm. and this guy's just going to finish him off, and this is going to be terrible. And Jesus said, "It's the Samaritan that shows compassion." And the right. Greek word is splaknots, bowels of mercy. That and and that image is used other places of Jesus mm-hmm. when he sees <coughs> people on the hill like sheep without a shepherd. And he has mm-hmm. mercy on them. Hmm. So, the one that's not supposed to show mercy does show mercy.
1: Why did they feel that way about Samaritans?
2: Because they're half-breeds; they're they're not pure Jews. Right. They were. They were left during the um, the Babylonian captivity, and they intermarried. They they violated all those Levitical laws mm-hmm. and all those laws about entering the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, were just seen as non humans. And this. If you interpret the parable of the Good Samaritan in terms of salvation, Mm -hmm. um, the emphasis is then it's not what you do, it's what God does, and salvation is full of surprises. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there are going to be a lot of surprised people in heaven.
1: Right. Let's see a lot of these parables, if they don't lead off with the kingdom of God is like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then they are are alluding to... um, how God's ways are so backwards, so upside yeah. down from our thinking. And so in this case, sh- go and do like the guy you don't like did in the story. Go and do likewise, show this mercy. And that kind of carries you also into the the other parable. We, one of the others we read this week in Luke 14, the banquet. Oh, yeah. And I love that right before Jesus tells this parable— One of the guys at the banquet's like, isn't this great? All these rich people are together. Isn't this just a wonderful thing we're doing here? And Jesus is like, well, actually.
2: (laughs) You're pretty rotten.
1: In my (laughs) kingdom.
2: Yeah, things Mm -hmm. are all messed up. Mm -hmm. Luke 14, 11 Mm -hmm. appears again in Luke 18, 14. So when you have these, uh, Jesus says, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And when you read places like that in scripture, you need to go, hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder if these stories are vaguely connected right. to one another.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I tell people sort of tongue in cheek, it's surprising how much light the Bible throws on itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... um Yeah, the the banquets and then the the garments at the banquets and and all that, um, that sort of gets lost in our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, But the notion of humility, the notion of of living a life where you uh, are willing to put other people first Mm -hmm. uh, or willing to be empathetic and compassionate Mm -hmm. um, is an eternal truth. Uh, showing people hospitality,
1: when especially people that you wouldn't typically show hospitality to. This reminds me of what he's talking about, what we hear in James about. You've got people coming into your church that you don't mm-hmm. that that aren't wealthy, and you're telling them to sit on the floor, and you're treating the wealthy people so great, which flies in the face of exactly what. Jesus teaches us in most of these parables, there's this upside down way of thinking the last Mm -hmm. will be first when he's talking about Mm -hmm. the laborers and the guy who came last at the end of the day got just as much as the people Mm -hmm. who came at the beginning of the day and worked all day and how unfair that was. Mm -hmm. It's all, all this backwards thinking. You think, you know, you don't Mm -hmm.
0: know Well, and and what did we say last week, Doug, that, you know, Jesus's words, we're better to apply them to ourselves instead of trying to, you know, elbow and apply them to our neighbor. Right. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) that kind of seems to be a common thread here. Sure. You know. For
1: sure. I kind of had to chuckle at all the excuses they gave as to why they couldn't why come they to couldn't banquet. Come? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got to uh,
2: check out my property that I've just bought. How right. many people do that? Uh-huh. You,
1: you've got this amazing invitation to this amazing banquet, and you've got better things to do, like check on five yoke of oxen. Mm-hmm. I just bought them, and I need to go try them out. That one was my favorite, I think.
2: Uh, that's like saying I bought a car, and now I've got to go test drive uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That That's mm-hmm. a... That's a fun one,
2: but the, the the sad thing, particularly those of us who you know serve the church as part of the staff, we've heard these.
0: Mm. Oh gosh, yeah, we've heard and, the
2: twenty first century version of them, and we're not trying to make you feel guilty. Maybe a little bit, just slightly. <laughs>
1: I didn't say anything.
2: Actually, <laughs> if you wanted to come up with better excuses. There you um, go. We <laughs> don't want to
1: hear anything about your yoke of oxen.
0: Yeah,
2: that's right. It's it's, it's old. But <laughs> but it it's a universal truth. There are a lot of things in our lives that get in the way of our God. Yeah, absolutely. Of how we set our priorities and um, you know, living for Jesus living for Jesus. Um, is a great hymn, but it's also very hard to do mm-hmm. in a consistent basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think the parables show us if we're willing to have ears, that mm-hmm.
2: let us hear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's not, it's not what you think. It's time to change the way we do things and make it, make the commitment to do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, well, and, it's not easy. That which is why we need God's mercy in yeah. the process,
0: and and not just that, but it, it, you're talking about in in our you know, culture and all the excuses we hear. We make our own excuses. You know, I I make excuses for things of why I can't do this. You Me know, too. I, uh, but I think too often we we use the cop-out and it really is a cop-out of, oh, I'm just too busy.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And well, it's not a cop-out. We truly are. Well, we
0: are, we are busy, but, but I think we have structured our lives. So that we have that excuse. Now we get to, without feeling guilty about it, pour Mm -hmm. ourselves into the things that we want to do. And so we end up, basically worshiping at the temple of busyness. Mm-hmm. And that's really not what God calls us to do. No. That's that's not the life that Jesus calls us to. Because if we're so busy, so consumed with doing. There's, I was just thinking <laughs> doing, it's the parable of the Good uh-huh,
2: Samaritan, doing. All over
0: again. Uh, then we don't have time for just being.
2: But in the parable of the Good Samaritan, in the midst of the Samaritan's doing, and we learn from the story, he is a, a businessman who is a business busy businessman. In the midst of his doing, he could still show mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in the midst of our our doing, we can live out of a life of humility, and we can live a life that acts out in mercy. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't have to stop. To do something that is Christian, we can be a Christian consistently. Yeah. And um, so that,
0: that way of being impacts and informs our doing.
2: hmm Hopefully. Okay. Ho- yeah, hopefully. hopefully. That's the goal, right? Please mm-hmm. let it be.
1: So we shouldn't look at these parables as pithy moral teachings. We need to Please sit not. with them and chew on them. And...
2: I think they're deeper and richer than that. Yeah.
1: Um, I think they get reduced to that a lot. A lot of times we're like, "Okay, who am I in the story?" It's like mm-hmm. the the children's Sunday school, which yeah. is fine for our kids, mm-hmm. but
0: we're we gotta, adults.
1: We need to move from the milk to the meat. It's not okay. Who were you yeah, in the story? Let's grow it's, up
2: from
0: that a little bit, right? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and that that goes back to they are multi layered, mm-hmm. um, and, and the layers are consistent. Mm-hmm. They're you just got to dig a little bit to find them. Luke 15 is where everybody goes uh, oh, for man. parables yeah. because it's the parable of the lost things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're a husband, uh, you very rarely have lost anything because um, you just have to ask your wife where it is and <laughs> she will immediately know. That's true. But um, the the story we all know is the um, parable of the son that is lost. Um We usually leave it when the younger brother comes home and there's great rejoicing, and Mm -hmm. we very rarely deal with the older brother Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the fact that he is probably just as rude to his father as the younger brother is. And Jesus doesn't finish this parable. He leaves us hanging. Mm -hmm. Does the younger brother continue to work in the field and love his father, um, or does he get tired two years later and roam around into the foreign land again? Does the younger brother come in and participate in the party? Mm-hmm. Do the brothers reconcile? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like how our lives are lived in Christ. We have been welcomed home by the loving father and how we live our lives is, um, it's a tabula rasa, it's a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what will you do as a Christian, what will you do with this story? But it all goes back to why Jesus told the stories because the legalists were getting on him about eating with sinners. Mm-hmm. And Jesus welcomed the, the outcast and the sinners. Yeah, What do we do with <clears throat> outcasts and sinners?
0: We well, try to keep them on the outside. Yeah, I mean, I I know I've heard stories of churches out there not not at Trinity, but uh, churches out there that you know you got a guy walking in with the, he's got an alcohol problem, and the church says you go get yourself clean, then you're welcome back,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> which is completely backwards right. to the way we really should be welcoming the people. If, if somebody's going to walk through our doors as a church, if somebody's going to walk into our lives as a friend or needing something, it's not ours to judge them like we talked about last week mm-hmm. in the sermons. Don't judge people. Um, but maybe we just do our best to try to love them with the love that Jesus has already shown us because there's no real hierarchy in in this life that we live and the sin that we have. Jesus welcomes us all back in if we choose to come
2: down that road. The important play on words in the parable of the prodigal son is the interchange with the father and the older brother when the older brother says to the father, this son of yours, and the father answers him back, no, this brother of yours. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. And what it says to us is that we are all brothers and sisters together Mm -hmm. and that um, there are things people do that I don't like but in Christ, I'm commanded to love the people. And you arrive at a point in life, I think, where you look at some of the failures of other human beings and your heart breaks for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the possibilities that they had in life that they still have, but they are mortgaging with um, bad choices and um, the church needs to speak to that but we need to speak to it in love and compassion mm-hmm. and unfortunately <clears throat> when it comes to some sins we bring the thunder we never pack the grace along with it mm-hmm. so um, well for sure it's a balancing act and- it, it is and, and the parable of the, uh, the prodigal son is just it's rich in details and I'm mm-hmm.
0: I've I've never noticed that juxtaposition that you just brought up, mm-hmm. the son and brother. <clears throat> right, yeah. never, never noticed that before.
2: So.
1: I have heard it said that it would have actually been the job of the older son to go fetch the younger brother when he lost his way.
2: Yeah, the what the father does by running mm-hmm. to the brother is. Um, not acceptable behavior in that mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. The father, maybe you've heard it, kind of condescended, kind of came down mm-hmm. and ran. But the other thing he's doing, the father's protecting the returning son from the elders of the community, mm-hmm. who had they gotten a hold of him, mm-hmm. would have killed him. Mm-hmm. Because what he did to get the daddy's money was to sell the land. Right. And nobody in the community would have bought the land. So he sold the land to an outsider.
0: Hmm.
2: He, I mean, he just yeah. richly violated everything in yeah. the community you can do. So the father is being compassionate, but he's also saving the son from the consequences of his sin. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sounds mm. like it has <laughs> a deeper meaning yeah, there. it sure does.
1: Yeah. Well, and if true, that the it would have been the job of the older son to go and get his younger brother and bring him home, I, I feel like there's a talk about layers. There's twofold response oh, yeah. are we being good older brothers mm-hmm. and how perfect the love of Jesus that he would have he he does every yes. day mm-hmm. comes and fetches us and brings mm. us home. Yeah. so that is this is not me, by the way. This is right. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember that one, Kyle? Prodigal God.
0: Oh, I remember that one. Uh, the The Bible study. No. Yes. What? Yes? yes. With what's his uh, name Keller? Keller Timothy Keller. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it?
1: Yes, that okay. one was really good. Mm-hmm. There was a video yeah. that he did.
0: Uh, I believe it's still <clears throat> on Right Now Media. If you don't have a Right Now Media account, I'll put a link in the description for you, listeners and watchers mm-hmm. out there to get connected with. And if you're interested in this Prodigal God Bible study, we can get you hooked up with it. Was it was good. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. It <clears throat> it brought a lot of depth to this parable that, you know, this one in particular is like you said earlier, Doug, it's a favorite of people's mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's the lost things. And <clears throat> I, for whatever reason, we like this idea of the prodigal son. right?
2: Uh, but the older brother is lost. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, now get it this way: the older brother is lost in the father's household. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> layers. Yeah.
0: There are layers. So many layers. Ogres have layers. Sorry, I couldn't.
1: I knew it was coming. <laughs> I was oh, waiting oh, for you ogres, to... S-
2: ogres guard bridges.
0: I was mm-hmm. expecting
1: you to say something uh, about an onion or a parfait. So well, um, you
0: know, parfait. Parfait has layers. I've
2: never um, heard anybody that say they don't like no parfait.
1: <laughs> anyway. I think the last one It's I
2: obviously would, an inside thing, and I'm not the, in on it. It's from it. a movie. The, the movie Shrek. Oh, okay. You, well, I've watched Shrek. I just okay. don't remember yeah, that's, every line of the movie. <laughs> It's just part of my movie
0: quote vocabulary. Oh, okay. Which is eccentric. Eccentric.
1: Well, um, it's that too, but it's, it's extensive as well.
0: Well, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, the last one, the last, last one specific Marie. thing I would specifically bring up is the the persistent widow in Luke 18. Hmm. A lot of people don't know what to do with this parable. I didn't know if you wanted to speak to it at all. Some people struggle with, is he trying to say God was the judge, which... He kind of turned around and says, that's not what's going on here. But mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people kind of read over that one go, I don't know what to do with that, and just keep on walking. They don't really stop to deal with that one. So I don't know if there was anything about the persistent widow that you would want to speak
2: Actually, to. you almost interpret it by using the first verse of the 18th chapter. Jesus told him a parable about their need to pray and, always and not, and lose. And not yeah. lose heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's about not giving up in prayer, Um, even when it appears you're not going to get what you've prayed for. Mm -hmm. Um, There are too many books out there entitled Prayer for Dummies, (laughs) where they're formulas. Mm -hmm. They are, Mm -hmm. um, if you pray loud enough, long enough, and in Jesus' name, he will give you what you have prayed for. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying prayer is uh, a conversation and mm-hmm. prayer is sometimes a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we've all seen cases of people in the church who prayed for years for an outcome and sometimes they receive the the answer that they prayed for and other times they receive another answer. Mm-hmm. Um that does not mean their prayer was not answered it means god in his sovereignty answered it according to his will and purpose not according to ours so this is one of those parables don't press the details mm-hmm. don't turn god into the judge mm-hmm. because the judge is not really a good character it's like right.
1: i think that's how people struggle with it is they they're trying to Maybe dig too deep mm-hmm. on this one.
2: Yeah, the heroine's the, the widow right? who is not going to give up. Um, I'm, I'm
0: going to nitpick one quick little thing that I know could be uh, troubling, not troubling, but I'm going to preemptively attempt to answer a question. Mm-hmm. And, Doug, I am going to have to use a Greek uh, definition mm-hmm. or explanation of a word.
2: Proceed.
0: But... Um, in the Methodist Church and Wesleyan Armenian theology, we are strong believers in free will mm-hmm. and not in predestination. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. And you know where I'm going. I don't think I'm. I know. <laughs> so one of the things that often can potentially be a stumbling block is when we see this word "the elect," mm-hmm. and so we we get this notion that. Before Uh, the time began that God chose this person to receive salvation and not this person. So this person is elect. And so it doesn't matter what you do. You're eventually going to come to salvation whether you want to
2: or not. (laughs) Unless you believe in double-edged predestination and then you can be the unelect. Right. Okay. But. Verse 7. Yes, verse 7. Verse 7 of what? Uh, We're still 18. 18 verse okay.
1: 7 of Thank 7. You.
0: chapter 18. The widow. So, Doug, I'm going to try my best to pronounce this. Eklectos. Yes. L. eclectos mm-hmm. for elect. Mm-hmm. And one of the explanations, I won't even so much call it a definition, mm-hmm. uh, but one of the explanations is just simply to obtain salvation through Christ.
2: Okay. What does eclectos tell you the two roots are? I don't know. E.K., from out of. Okay. And probably the Greek word to call to call okay. out. well, and Eklektos mm-hmm. is very close to the Greek word ekklesia. Do you mm-hmm. know the Greek word ekklesia?
0: It's church. It's I know that word.
2: <laughs> get the Hebrew today. word kahal, which is the called out ones. And for mm-hmm. those of you sitting right there with your strongs, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I reserve the right to be wrong. <laughs> Believe me or not. I've got my strongs open. He's I, right so far. I I give you permission.
1: <laughs> Greatest paper cut. There
2: are several ways of translating the word. One of them, rather than the elect, is the chosen. Mm-hmm. The other way to handle it is the assembly. Okay. Now, the answer to this, both free will and predestination, is something we've also discussed in these podcasts that God is not bound in space-time. Right, we talked about that last week. And when you take time out of the conversation, pre-de- both predestination, Augustine theology, and Armenian theology kind of both just fall down and go, it's all about God. Right. We're just trying to look for images to talk about Mm-hmm. Choices we make and um so that's that's how I've handled predestination. God knows what choices we're gonna make. Yeah. Because God's already at the end of time. But, He's already there. But God did not dictate. No, the God did choices not dictate the we choices. Were. You again have mm-hmm. free will yeah. and um
0: There. I I hopefully didn't muddy the waters too much. Well,
2: next week we'll talk about the difference between infralapsarianism and supralapsarianism. Well, fantastic. I don't have
0: my list for next week sitting in front of me, but um, I don't... I'm not sure, Doug. You may be back again next did,
2: week. Did God <laughs> did God know that Adam and Eve were going to sin, or yes. was Adam and Eve's behavior in the Garden of Eden a surprise to God?
1: Nothing's a surprise to God.
2: If, well, if
0: something can surprise God, then then he's maybe not. As big of a God as I once thought.
2: It's definitely more parables <laughs> next week. I I haven't looked oh, on the sure l- list of see who's up. Oh no, did up. I
0: uh-oh. more parables of Jesus. Are any
1: of them Matthew twenty-one?
0: Nope. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, you stayed away from that. Okay, good, uh-huh. my bad.
1: I didn't <laughs> I forgot to take that into account when I pulled that one parable out. Because I thought I think it's interesting that where Jesus pulled these from. Mm-hmm. And we we only touched on it briefly, but yeah. I like the way he he has his sermons that he's preaching to the masses, and then he does the parable thing. It's, it's a separate but related thing going on. And I just, I think the way that Jesus, I think it's important to bring up that Jesus spoke in different ways to yeah. reach different people.
0: Do you mean he adjusted his mode based on his context?
2: Sure, yes. Form and content. <laughs> Okay. Uh,
0: well, okay. So if you're listening out there and we did not cover your favorite parable mm-hmm. this week, chances are we might cover it next week. So keep reading, keep listening,
1: mm-hmm.
0: ask your questions, ask going deeper at gmail.com. Did I say that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so ask going deeper at com. Send your questions for the next Q&A session and subscribe if you haven't already i don't know what's stopping you if you haven't like thumbs up review all the things <clears throat> we're and share people share with people <laughs> the podcast let's see i'm going to back up just a second and say share the podcast with people and <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> a very eloquent exit to this week's podcast but it's been a really good conversation thanks think so and marie's about to get the church giggles No,
1: i'm working real
0: hard not to <laughs> uh, but we've had a good time i i definitely have enjoyed uh, this conversation this morning yes we were recording this in the morning so now you know one of our secrets <laughs> uh, but with that do all the things hit all the buttons that are good <laughs> Like, share, subscribe, notification bell on YouTube, five-star review. Send us questions. Make Doug and Marie laugh. And that's all I got for today. If you're
1: still listening, thanks for being here.
0: (laughs) Yes, thank you for listening. We will see y'all next week.